0: Patrick, Patrick, Patrick! Huge election night in America, and you know, Patrick, democracy saved. Aren't you thrilled?
1: Huge, as Trump would say. Yes. So, (laughs) uh, we are we are honored to have Fox Five chief political uh, correspondent or reporter on Tom Fitzgerald, as he's actually in a car on the way to the Uh. state capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia to interview. Governor
2: Glenn Youngkin, well, I, am ri- I am riding. So I just want to make you make you comfortable with the fact that I'm not behind the wheel.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. That's good. That's good.
2: I'm securely in the passenger seat yeah. with my seatbelt on.
0: We get drivers at Fox Five. I mean, that's how great our or- <laughs> our organization is. I mean, you know, that's how good it is. Patrick makes it that good. Wait, Fitz. Before we get into all of it, how many years have you been covering politics?
2: Uh, Thirty-three years.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. He covered politics. Yeah. He covered politics when uh, you know it wasn't as crazy as uh we're seeing over these last uh what 10 12 what? 15 years maybe
2: well and you're right patrick because i was thinking last night you know i covered the bush gore recount in 2000 and i thought that that was the craziest thing that we would ever see in our lifetime mm. and that was 22 years ago now
1: yeah if we if um, only if we
2: only had known <laughs> that looks like the good old, old days now <laughs>
1: Uh, so I'll turn it over to Fitz in a second. Uh, Sarah, you and I have been talking about the election for months and months and months. Uh, I'll give you my recap. I actually sent some notes to, to you and Fitz this morning. You
0: did. Yeah. Uh,
1: I am. Uh, I love this stuff. So, I, you know, I was up to like three 30 in the morning and, uh, obviously didn't much, not much change from 1230 to three 30. So I don't know why no. I, I, I should have just <laughs> went to bed, but, um,
2: well, you know, when you're, when you're into this stuff, it's easy to do that. Yeah. You because, go down, a, you go down a rabbit hole, especially on right, Twitter. Right. And then, you know, you start saying, "All right, well, what, you know, what about this race over here? And, you know, I really haven't checked in on that one. How that, how's that one going? So, or, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Uh, so big picture overall Dems did much better than they had anticipated. I think much better than a uh, historic midterms after a new president takes office historically the party that is not in the presidency wins on average somewhere between 23 to 30 seats now with gerrymandering and redistricting those numbers you'll never see the 63 that obama lost or the or or those types of numbers because there's not that many seats up for grabs but where it stands right now Not a good night for Trump. Trump endorsed candidates. I actually think in a weird way, it was a good night for the Republicans from the standpoint of extremism, for the most part, lost. Herschel's gonna lose to Warnock. Yes, it's going to a runoff. Bobeck in New Hampshire, lost. Dixon, governor, Michigan, losing. Looks like uh, uh, Kelly is going to win in Arizona. Although Laxett looks like he may win in Nevada. Uh, Vance, Trump-endorsed candidate out of Ohio, did win by about seven. But keep in mind, Portman won that race by 21, and DeWine won the governorship last night by 23. So Vance way underperformed. Uh, Conversely, you know, there were some signs that progressive – House candidates on the Democratic side in districts that lean center left. For example, New York's Hudson Valley. It looks like all three New uh, New York Dems are going to lose. Mm -hmm. So uh, big picture, the House is still in question, which I would never, ever have thought would be the case on Wednesday morning. It does look like the Republicans are going to win the House but by three to five seats, which which would be a pickup mm-hmm. of seven. People are anticipating 20 plus. And then Fitz, you know, it looks like we're down to four Senate races to decide. Uh, it's 48-48 right now. Right. I mean, you tell me what you think, but it looks like Kelly will hold on in Arizona. It looks like Johnson will win in Wisconsin. Nevada is leaning Republican right now, so it could come down to another Deja vu
2: 2020 yeah. Georgia runoff. We're going back to Georgia. Um, I, I do feel that, Patrick, right now. I think we are looking at, yet again, another runoff in Georgia now. A little bit different because last time it was, you know, two races this time it's going to be. Um, so we probably, I don't think, are going to know who has the Senate, you know, maybe until early December. Um I, I line up with all your observations just now. I mean, my big takeaway is that, you know, I, I, I've kind of been saying this the last couple of years. Losing is not winning. If you lose, you have lost. When Democrats look back on this election, though, I think maybe they might be kicking themselves a little bit because, I think the takeaway from this is, no, the Republicans did not have what you would have expected in a midterm election with a president like this, whose numbers are underwater. So the Republicans underperformed. I think the Republican Party, though, and I'll agree with you on this, did good as a party, because if Kevin McCarthy comes in as a Republican Speaker of the House and Republicans are able to kind of point to the fact that they were able to get this majority, slim as it is, in the House. That means that your so-called traditional Republicans uh, might start have begun the process of resting control of their party back. Yeah, uh, which is something that we have not seen. If you're MAGA Republican, you did not have a good night. If you're a traditional Republican maybe you started to feel like the party that you have been a part of has started to take hold again and that trumpism may be on the way but we've been wrong too many times in the past on this i don't think it's uh, yeah, i don't Sarah- think it's time time to to to, to uh, stick a uh, fork in in the mag because no, i think just, yeah, i think yeah. ultimately trump will
1: decide if he sticks a fork in himself right but yeah. One thing we should have mentioned at the top or I should have mentioned the top, I think the biggest story of the night or one of the biggest was the mammoth win that Governor Ron DeSantis had. He is going to win in Florida against Charlie Crist by 20 points. He's going to win Miami-Dade County, historically Democratic County, by 14 points. He's going to win Hispanics by double digits.
2: And, you know, that's significant because, you know, 20 years ago, when I was covering the 2000 uh, Republican National Convention in Philadelphia, George W. Bush made a big push on Hispanic votes, and he got them. He got them. Back in 2000, I would say even... Um, You know, that was a voting block that Republicans had made big inroads in because they knew they were losing the women vote at that time. That went away over the last couple of years. It's back and it's back strong, Patrick, right now. And you look at Ron DeSantis, um, where he was able to get votes yesterday. He is broadened out. He's broadened out his voter base right now. If you're Donald Trump who already is starting to take pot shots at Ron DeSantis, calling him Ron DeSanctimonious. That tells you a lot about where Donald Trump's attention is right now. He's looking at what Ron DeSantis was able to do yesterday. It's not so clear that Donald Trump would be able to get that kind of broad spectrum of voters under the Republican column. So Ron DeSantis sent a big message yesterday that he's not only able to get his voters, but he's able to branch out and he's able to get other voters and independents as well, too.
1: Yeah, and then look at Brian Kemp in Georgia, Sarah. Brian Kemp ran against Stacey Abrams for the second time and won by a triple, triple the margin. He won last time. And he has gone right after Trump and vice versa. So here's another uh, non-Trumper who won big in Georgia and the Trump endorsed candidate, Herschel Walker is underperforming Kemp by about five points. And now candidates matter. Herschel, not a great candidate. Dr. Oz lost to Fetterman shockingly, uh, based on what we've witnessed over the last several weeks. And you know, Sarah, you and I said it last week, the 600,000 early votes Pre debate, save Fetterman. It just did. He's going to win by about 200,000, 180,000 votes, give or take.
0: Well, do you and, think it was just that, though, or do you think what no, you I said? I don't think it was
1: just that, but early voting tends to go 2 1 to Democrats. So if you look at 600,000, that's a $200,000 difference on those first 600,000 votes. Again, I don't know those specific numbers, but his, you know, based on the the history of Pennsylvania, it's usually two to one. There's 200. He's going to lose by less than that. So you could make the case that the strategy to. Push the debate to not, in my opinion, fully disclose his health uh, is actually might save the Senate for the Democrats. So, you know, that that was the ultimate goal. and you remember
2: the big the big thing about the Pennsylvania seat, Patrick, as well, is that's a flip for Democrats. That is a flip. Um, you know, uh, that, that's a seat that's been vacant uh, now. Pat Toomey is leaving the Senate. Um, Toomey is one of those Republicans that just kind of threw his hands up in the air and said, I've had it. Um, so for them to be able to kind of flip that seat, you know, Pennsylvania – People look at it in Pittsburgh and they look at it as Philadelphia as, a, as a, a democratic state. It's not. There are wide swaths of that state, um, that are uh, strong Republicans. So Fetterman, um, was able to capitalize on that early vote before these very loud questions in the last couple of weeks about his competency for the job came up and especially his performance in that debate. You know, again, when we do the autopsy of this, not only have the Democrats got to be looking back on this and say, wow, we really should have, you know, drilled in on that inflation thing that's been bugging everybody. But the Republican Party has to go back and look back at these candidates. If you had a better candidate in Pennsylvania, got vulnerable there. If you have a better candidate, and I know Georgia isn't done yet. If you had a better candidate in georgia would we be talking about Raphael warnock in in a runoff in december
1: no was there no a, so a better, and that's why i say at the top, the and that's why i say right at the top trump had a very bad night last night because yeah. and he'll spin it just like he does everything but mastriano his candidate endorsed in pennsylvania for governor got crushed by josh shapiro which ultimately hurt oz oz was not a great candidate endorsed by trump mccormick who ran against Oz in the primary, which had to go to a recount, would have, in my opinion, maybe, certainly would have done better than Oz against Federer and probably would have won. And honestly, anyone Kemp-ish in Georgia would have been up five to seven points and probably rode the coattails of Kemp to an easy 50-plus win because you have to get 50% in Georgia to avoid a runoff. And, you know, one
2: advantage that the Democrats had going in Pennsylvania last night with both Josh Shapiro and Fetterman um, is that both of them had won statewide races previously in Pennsylvania. Obviously, John Fetterman as lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro has been the attorney general in Pennsylvania. So they, they had gone out there before and won statewide. You know, so there is a body of evidence that those two were able to build on. you know Doc Oz you know consistently had to fight this attack by the Democrats that he was a carpetbagger that he was a you know a celebrity candidate who lived in New Jersey you know who kind of came over to Pennsylvania just to run for the Senate and you know, listen Bobby Kennedy was a carpetbagger senator he's one of the most revered names in the US Senate so the mere fact that somebody runs it moves into a state and runs for Senate and wins is not unusual. Hillary Clinton did it, despite how many Yankee or Mets hats she wants to put on her head, right? Yeah. She's <laughs> Illinois, right? So, you know, this this happens. That by itself is you know it's not disqualifying. You're allowed to do it. However, um, if if John Fetterman uh, had more than one debate and had a debate prior to how late they did it in this campaign. Um, maybe with a different candidate in there, the Republicans might be looking at a different
1: result. Yeah, I I think if it was a not, the election deniers had a terrible night. I think, um, and again, Trump will spin it any way he wants, he'll blame blame the candidates, he'll throw them under the water. By the way, he endorsed these candidates and spent very little, if any, money to support them. Typical, you know, typical Trump. Uh, You know, I think this is an opportunity for the Republican party to pivot away from Trump. Now it's hard to do when he carries a 30, 32% baked in support. But at the end of the day, he, 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 he struggled and you know, and he wasn't even on the ticket. So a couple things, Sarah, and, and, you know, to bounce around here, a couple interesting things last night also, as we go through it, Sarah, your mayor race, it's
0: undecided. Uh, very, it's, very close here in L.A. Yes. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, he's up over Bass right now, though, right? Well,
0: he was like at 2 a.m., but wasn't it by like 1,500 votes? I mean, it was like razor thin yeah, so edge, I, I right? I saw like,
1: a this morning he's widened the lead a little bit. Yep. But again, I have no idea how they count, what's out. But very tight race, to your point, you know, a liberal you know, former Democrat turned Republican, you know, Karen Bass tends to lean pretty left. Uh, so,
0: you know, well, people, you know, you and I've talked about it and I, I have a question for Fitz. You know, you and I've talked about it definitely no. here in L.A. I think crime 100 percent leads, you know, of and, and cost of living. But I think even more than that. It's we're in this weird phase here in L.A. where it's really unsafe Mm -hmm. in any part of the city. And I think, you know, I was telling Patrick, I live in kind of a working class neighborhood. You talk to Angelenos that have lived here forever, who are longtime Democrats. I mean, they're so tired of it. You know, they they said, you know, five years ago in this city, after 10 o'clock, you could go out, you could walk your dog. There was no problem. Now it's you never know who you're going to encounter. The robberies are insane. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rick wins by a very slim margin. You know, people just don't have, I think people have, believe Karen's going to do what the Democrats want, you know, which is right. probably not be tough on crime. Fitz, I do have a question since you are out with the people all the time. How much, because leading up to this election, whether it was Bill Maher yeah. or Morning Joe, the big thing, even more than inflation, that I heard was, you know, our democracy is at risk. How much do you think that played into um, this election? Because I think I think it was a good night for Republicans in that at least you're seeing them put up and nominate and have people win that aren't election deniers. So do you think, do you hear that a lot or do you think like inflation, abortion is still more important?
2: You know, Democrats put a lot of their eggs in to the Dobbs decision. That that last spring when the Supreme Court came out Issue the Dobb decision, overturn Roe v. Wade. You heard Democrats saying, well, this is it. We have our issue. We're going to run on this. This is going to be about women's health care. This is going to be about abortion. This is the thing that's going to carry us through. The problem with that is you can have very animated, intense debates with people over an issue like abortion, which for half a century has torn this country apart. But then you can go on about the rest of your day. Inflation doesn't let you do that. Inflation hits you at the grocery store. Inflation hits you at the gas pump. Inflation goes with you when you try to buy clothes for your kid, when you pay your energy bills. It never lets up. And the Democrats, by putting so much of their effort into this idea that the Dobbs decision was suddenly going to deliver them these midterms uh, was was woefully, I I think, misguided. And again, I think they got to be kicking themselves today because had they from the get-go said, yes, you know what, we're going to work on Dobbs, we're going to go into the states, we're going to codify this in the Congress, and maybe we'll work on the legislatures where we can to get these rights secured, that's what we're going to do, but we've got to be economy, economy, economy. They didn't do that, and yeah, they, but they, Fitz, they, they're I, waking I, up today I, realizing how close they were. I agree, but you could play
1: devil's advocate in this sense, that the abortion issue did galvanize maybe some voters that traditionally would not have voted. And I'm going to give President Biden some credit or his team some credit here. Over the last month to two months, he came out with this MAGA extreme narrative. Okay. And I think the abortion issue that's probably didn't matter when you had a center right candidate, you know, you know, I mean, look at DeSantis, right? I mean, Florida, Mm -hmm. but also I do think the MAGA plus the abortion for the more extreme candidates like a mastriano or in 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 pennsylvania or bobeck in new hampshire did tip the scale so you know fitz you've always said this local races matter i mean races are local candidates matter and issues to those individuals matter so depending on the state you're in if you think the republicans are going to do a clean sweep you could be concerned about abortion but in a state mm-hmm. like Maryland or New York or you know, you may not be. So um I I think the good news from last night for me personally, mm-hmm. it seemed like the country came more center. I, oh, I think I think the country absolutely. doesn't like extremes on either side. Now, obviously, like you know, there's extreme candidates on the left or the right who won because they were in a district that they couldn't lose, right? Ninety percent Republican, or a state like you know,
0: like how AO- you know. how did AOC AOC wins again? Like that's yeah, a-
1: but it, it's ninety six percent Democrat. Like, but if you look up the Hudson Valley, like I mentioned, listen, Patrick Maloney, who is the head of the D Triple
2: C, he holds all, all the purse all all the All
1: Persings for the Democratic Congressional Committee is most likely going to lose. On the other hand, in Colorado, Lauren Boebert, the outspoken- Gun-toting. Right-wing, right is looks like she may lose her seat in Colorado. So if you look at the extremes, the country doesn't want it right now. They don't. And I don't mean extremes in a sense of policy. Because you can believe in policies that are more. I'm talking about the extreme thoughts and actions and 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 the narrative that you bring. Election denying.
0: But what do you make? I mean, all the squad members got reelected. Rashida but Tlaib. Again, but you think just because they're so democratic in those?
1: Yeah, I think the districts just are so. Uh, you know, you know, we talked about this before. You know, uh, Fitz, I think there's only like 36 to 48. I'm sorry. No, like six, there's eighteen. I, I read there's eighteen percent of the 435 districts that are actually competitive. Okay. Like because of gerrymandering redistrict. So so what's that yeah. number? You know, seventy five districts that are actually up for grabs every year, which it used to be 150. <laughs> That's why you can have a 63 seat swing. When it's only 75, even if you win two thirds of those. You're only sitting at what, forty seats. So yeah. I you know, I think it's um it's much harder to have the big swings in the house based on all the 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 the, the changing of the maps and so forth. A couple other things real quick. Kentucky, yeah. Uh it's another state now that has said we have a right to abortion, right? It was defeated. So that's that's another state. Kentucky, very red state. Mitch McConnell State Rand Paul State yet yes we have a right to abortion. it was close 52 53 percent but so 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 that's that's good news there and you know looking close to home early in the night Fitz, and I heard your report the other day you know Virginia's 7 10 and two were the tight races in yeah. Virginia. Virginia two flipped the three went to Republican. But they expected that if it was going to be a red wave or a tsunami, if if you like say it, seven and ten. Seven would have indicated a red wave, which mm-hmm. is was Yesley Vega against Spamberger. And it went to Spamberger by four points, three to four points. And then if they were looking at a tsunami, Jennifer Wexon would have lost to Hung cow and she won by four or five points. So you know. The prediction early on that it could be a red wave or tsunami you kind of was like squash locally here in virginia the nation was looking at those three races and the republicans only won one out of three so um
2: well and you know the, the interesting thing about that too is that you know when you look at the virginia 10th that's the race between um congresswoman jennifer wexton and the republican challenger punk cow that virginia 10th encompasses Loudoun County. You know, we spent a lot of time last summer in Loudoun County at raucous school board meetings where parents were, you know, verbally at war with the Board of Education out there over things like trans rights, over what kind of curriculum was being taught in the schools. Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin now seized on that and was able to kind of harness that momentum last summer and rode that all the way to the governor's mansion in richmond where i'm on my way to right now the question we had last night was in a district like virginia Tennessee, republicans found something that they were able to bring to fruition in Republican uh, gubernatorial victory last year, would that have legs in a congressional district? And, you know, Hung Tao was not able to recreate that scenario that Glenn Youngkin was able to do successfully last year. So I think, you know, when the Republicans look at a place like Virginia Kent, that's something that should have been a been a red circle on their calendars and said, that's an area we need to go in and we need to pick that up if we are going to have that red wave that didn't happen and we knew early last but, night that uh jennifer weston was out ahead in that race um getting but, but, two but, out but, of but, three uh but, for the democrats i think is a big win for them but again to your point
1: and sarah you and i have talked about this ex- like yes Lee vega solid candidate you know hispanic candidate from virginia seven but with relatively extreme views, not extreme views. I shouldn't say that you have, you have a right to believe in pro-life. And, but she made a comment about early on, she made a comment when she was asked a question about, can, you know, is it less likely to get pregnant when you're raped? And she kind of acknowledged it. Yes. Maybe that's the case. And that was just used almost in every single ad from spammer hun cow, Election denier, January 6th sympathizer, even though he has a very great military record, smart guy. Uh, So the point we made at the top is if you could have painted your opponent as extreme, the Dems did did pretty well last night. Uh, So real quick, forward thinking, uh, Sarah and Fitz. So Fitz, you're going to interview Junkin. How do we get? How, how does the Republican Party move on from Trump? Oh. Do they want to move on?
0: Good question. Does
1: it? Does a guy like Yunkin, DeSantis? Uh, obviously, DeSantis is seen as the front runner, but I think Yunkin is sneaky right there.
2: Um, you know, well, how, I'll tell. How, you, I, I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you I, I had a I spoke to Governor Glenn Youngkin last week, and had a conversation with about. Obviously, you know, let's. Talking about the elephant in the room here. Is it Glenn are going to run for president? That's that's what we're wondering right, right now. Well, I knew, you know, I know Yunkin a little bit now that I know if I ask him if he's gonna run for president, he's not gonna answer me. So I did ask him that anyway, because I'm gonna ask the question I want to ask. But I, I knew I had to have other things uh, to kind of get information out of him. And one of the things I wanted to know from him, Patrick, was He's been traveling all over the country for the past year. He's been campaigning for other candidates. He's been doing, you know, fundraisers for other candidates. And, you know, Glenn Youngkin's been working on his stump speech. When you go to these different places, you're not writing the Gettysburg Address individually for every place you kind of land in your plane. You're you're packed up your message, and you're bringing it around the country. So what I asked... Yunkin last week, I said, when you go to Iowa, when you go to New Hampshire, when you go to Nevada, when you go to Arizona, I said, the message that you have here in Arizona, in Virginia, is that portable to other places? When you pick up and you go to these places and you talk about the things that you've been talking about in Virginia, I go, do they do they get that? Or are they dealing with the same stuff? And his eyes lit up. His eyes lit up and he said, Yes. Yes, it's portable because the things that I'm talking about here in are the things that are talking about across the country. And, you know, his two big things right now, the economy. It's not enough, he's saying right now, for the Republicans to say inflation is bad. Of course inflation is bad. Everybody thinks inflation is bad. His point is we need to present a plan of action of what we're gonna do about it. Because identifying the problem only gives you gets you halfway there, that he wants Republicans to start getting back to fiscal conservatism, to how they're gonna fix these problems, not just knowing that they're there. If you're driving down the car, and there's a brick wall ahead of you, it doesn't do you all that much good for somebody to yell out, hey, there's a brick wall in front of us. Somebody needs to grab the steering wheel. And that's what Youngkin has been talking about. Also, the schools to him, education, he says, has not had enough of a platform, in his view, with Republicans. It's something that really gets, you know, we talk about this yeah. in local news all the time. There's no more important issue than what goes on in local schools. You're talking about your kids, you're talking about something very incredibly personal. Glenn Youngkin uh, has been taking this message around the country, and he's been getting an audience for it, he's been getting attention for it as well, too. Uh, With DeSantis's victory yesterday, uh, that was able to broaden out his margin, there are alternatives to Donald Trump and the Republican Party now uh, that Trump is going to have to deal with and not just come up with silly nicknames for them uh these are substantial proven candidates now that republicans can look at what happened on election day in 2022 and say extremism did not do well at the ballot denialism did not do well at the ballot and a lot of these trump blessed candidates did not do well at the ballot so um, So there are some takeaways here for the republicans yeah
1: Yeah. one we didn't one we didn't mention was arizona governor Carrie lake former news anchor uh at at, uh, uh in in phoenix uh it's she's tightening it there's still a lot of votes out there she may win this but it's very tight so if she was to lose that's another yeah. direct, direct Trump endorsed, more radical candidate that would lose. Uh, so you know, it's interesting. You got to remember too, and you know, the, the, those who believe in the popular vote will lose their minds with this. But if you look at a DeSantis or a Yunkin, all you have to do is flip Arizona, flip Georgia, flip Wisconsin, and you're the president of the United States. A candidate like DeSantis is not going to lose. North Carolina is not going to lose, you know, Even Arizona.
0: I feel like he could win Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's my
1: point. Where Trump, I don't think, wins Arizona Mm -hmm. another time. I don't think Trump maybe even flips Georgia. Look what's happened in Herschel. I think people are tired. Those states have moved more purple. There still are states. But Arizona is going to have three Republican leadership. I mean, three Democratic leadership. So uh, Mm -hmm. if the Republicans want the presidency, they need a candidate that can win those states. The other thing too, to look forward, 2024, the Dems have to defend, I believe, two times the amount of Senate seats that the Republicans, the Republicans had to defend more this time and two years ago. 2024 sets up very well for Dem cent uh, for Republican senators, and the House. Some of these districts will, will be will be more baked in. So, um, I think if the Republicans pick a different candidate in 2024, like a Yunkin, like a DeSantis. I think it's going to be a very good 2024 for them. But if not, I think it could be a very difficult 2024 for them.
0: So, I I mean, do you even think at this? I mean, look, things change in politics so fast. But I mean, you know, there was rumors that Trump was going to announce he's running, um, I believe, a week from yesterday. Oh, Patrick's leaving. Well, Patrick will be back. But I mean, he, uh, you, I don't he,
2: think teased, he's he teased a big announcement. He teased a big announcement on November 15th. It's likely what that's going to be is the announcement of an exploratory committee, which would be a first step to an eventual uh, presidential run. Um, but, um, you know, he might not be the only one doing that.
0: Yeah. Fitz, are you in Richmond? Do you have to leave us?
2: I, we just arrived in Richmond, and we just pulled up to the uh, Governor Yunkin's uh, office out here. Okay. So uh, i got a couple more minutes with you. Though.
0: Um, Hey, i got a question. What about some of the bigger name – I hate saying big name losers – but, you know, what about – like, where does Stacey <laughs> Abrams and uh, Beto O'Rourke go? You know, I mean, obviously, like, got a ton of media attention. Stacey Abrams has yeah. run twice and lost. What do you think happens to candidates like that? Do they kind of just become effective behind the scenes, or do they – have a future in politics in front of the camera?
2: Well, let's start with Stacey Abrams because you know, when she lost the last time, there was an immediate push to try to recruit her as the um, next chair of the uh, Democratic Party. Now, she decided she wanted to remain in Georgia and focus on get out the vote efforts in Georgia. So, you know, uh, what she was able to kind of do was not recreate a lot of the momentum that she had four years ago. Um, As far as Beto O'Rourke, you know, how many times do you get to lose statewide races in the Lone Star State? I mean, he wasn't able to, you know, knock off Greg Abbott last night. He wasn't able to knock off Ted Cruz. Uh, I'm not saying Beto O'Rourke is done. But you know, even in his you know former congressional district in El Paso, you know, there was some you know rumbling from his own constituents that you know Beto O'Rourke might have you know gone and ran uh, for the Senate because you know maybe he was vulnerable in his old congressional district. so I, I think the ceiling's probably higher for Stacey Abrams in the future. Uh, you know, Beto has uh, lost twice and um, I, I, it, w- it would be hard-pressed to see him going for a third statewide run in the state of Texas. Uh, certainly not uh, a presidential race, I, I don't think, as well, too.
0: Fitz, I—oh, yeah. go ahead. Okay. No, Patrick, go No, ahead. no I, was,
1: I was just going to agree real quick. Sarah, you and I mentioned this last week. I agree with you, although I think Stacey is definitely hurt now, but she's accomplished more in terms of voter rights— her 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 position in the state uh to me beto rock's done he's he hasn't done much uh he won a small district he, he's lost two statewide elections to two different opponents um uh, i think she's toast I, I do have a question fitz before you have to jump
2: yeah
1: i'm playing what ifs here if nevada goes republican senate like it looks like it may if somehow Herschel wins the runoff and it looks like the Republicans are going to have a four to five seat majority in the House. So, if four weeks from now, the Republicans control the Senate and the Mm -hmm. House, does everyone forget everything we just talked about and do they think it's a huge night for Republicans and we now have the balance of power in our favor?
2: Well, I I don't think they forget that because I think, you know, the story on these things gets set, you know, rather quickly. Um, You know, we're still going to be whether the Republicans have control of the Senate or not. um, We're still going to have divided government. Right. Um, Traditionally, when you know, you look at the losses that Bill Clinton suffered midway through his first term, You know, he lost majorities in the Congress. Barack Obama lost majorities in the Congress in the middle of his first term. Well, then what happened? Well, the Democrat went on to win reelection. It does provide, although no White House will ever actually say this, the truth of the matter is, you know, if you're a White House that has been on the ropes for the first two years of your presidency and you've controlled both houses of congress and you're really kind of you know have been trying to make the case that you know the stumbles you had is with the other party's fault the republicans fault it can help you to be able to turn around to the voters in a presidential year and say see see they stopped this at every turn you know this now does give the democrats the ability to kind of uh, uh turn the tables on the republicans a little bit but you know Republicans and and Biden are going to have to go to these voters with some, some things to prove that they've done. Uh, you can't just spend the next two years um, blocking each other and then claiming that you have the mantle to take complete power. So, you know, in a weird way, they might not like the taste in their mouth of, you know, losing the House of representatives or Nancy Pelosi having to hand over the gavel and, you know, maybe even Mitch McConnell becoming majority leader again. But, you know, when Joe Biden ran for president, one of his big messages was I've been there. I'm a deal maker. I was in the Senate for 36 years. I know how to make negotiations for legislation. I, I can do these things. Joe Biden, may have now an opportunity to put those skills skills to the test for yeah. real this time i don't think um, he has them
1: anymore i uh, yeah you know, well i i yeah, think we're he because yeah. he wasn't trump you know right I, you know um i mean he was he was down and out after new hampshire and and iowa uh saved uh in mm-hmm. south carolina and you know we could debate the, the that election right. all day long uh, you know it's very interesting to me that um
2: yeah, and if he can't if he can't make a deal with Joe Manchin, right? What makes well, him ju- think he's going to he, be? He a- just yeah. did, and
1: then Manchin had to yell yell at him about right. poll. You know, the best thing Mitch that could happen, Mitch
2: McConnell ain't going to be any easier than than Manchin. No,
1: I think the best thing that could happen to Dems is Trump runs. I think the worst thing that could happen to Republicans is Trump runs, and vice versa. I think they have to pivot away. I think they have to pivot away from the extremism, mm-hmm. otherwise, because the issues and you could debate policy all day long the public believes the issues the, that are facing americans right now are yeah. on the republican side the only reason they didn't have a good better night last night or a good night last yeah. night or had a bad night depending yeah. on your perspective is because of the extremism right. and i think some of the abortion issue
2: right and let's let's pull the pull the cord on that sweater for a moment patrick because you're right Uh, extremism did not have a good night. Well, why was extremism on the ballot last night in some of these races? Because those candidates won their primaries. The Republicans have to start figuring out primaries. Yes. Because what's been going on is these kinds of candidates have been winning their primaries. One thing I'll say about the MAGA movement, they're very good at getting their voters to win primaries. Take Maryland, for example. All right. Now, Dan Cox got blown out of the water by Westmore, the Democrats. You know, Maryland, two to one Democratic to Republican advantage in voters. It's naturally a Democratic state. But, you know, they have had, you know, Bob Elrich, Republican governor. they just had eight years of Larry Hogan, Republican governor. Larry Hogan had handpicked Kelly Schultz, one of his former cabinet officials, to run in his steed. The lieutenant governor, Boyd Rutherford, decided that he didn't want to run for governor. So what happens in the primary? Well, the MAGA Republicans, they turn out in big, big numbers for Dan Cox. Kelly Schultz gets defeated. So Dan Cox gets on that ballot with Westmore instead of Larry Hogan's handpicked candidate, kelly schultz now i'm not saying that if kelly schultz had been on that ballot the outcome would have been any differently but it probably would have been a little more competitive than what we saw out of dan cox last night so when the republicans look to this next election cycle they've got to figure out these primaries because you know if they're getting candidates in there that can't be competitive in the general then they're right back to where they are this morning
1: so real quick Fitz, before we jump one big race still going on here locally david trone congressman yeah. from maryland was uh his district was uh was uh re re remapped uh it moved more north more into uh uh um, republican territory he is currently behind with about 98 percent of the voted is trone going to lose this race fits
2: uh i there's a very strong possibility of that. Um, look, David Trump which, which
1: would be shocking, correct?
2: Yeah. Well, not really. Not really. And I'll say not really because, you know, that district um, is one that has been redrawn a, number, a couple of times. Uh, it has been the subject of Supreme Court cases because under former Governor Martin O'Malley created a, a district map that basically was so gerrymandered to run a, a former Republican congressman out there, it wound up in front of the United States Supreme Court who said, you know, you got to redraw this district again. So uh, Trone um, put $12 million of his own money. Can you imagine having $12 million of your own money to put put <laughs> to into put a, a campaign? Yeah. Campaign?
1: Well, so, so, Some person in California yeah. has it because they
0: won the so, lottery, and, right? And, yes, yes. Well, and yeah, Rick Caruso, billion, I mean, didn't put Rick put uh, up? Yeah, it's insane. Well, I think Oz spent
1: yeah. twenty-five million of his own.
0: Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: So you know, Trone is this multimillionaire, multi-millionaire, founder of Total Wine. He's got he's got deep pockets. Uh, what happened to David Trone though was, you know, he was a candidate who originally ran against. Uh, Jamie Raskin, yeah you know when Jamie Raskin first got in, Trone lost that race and then again picked up his bags, moved into an upper you know western Maryland district. Um, Neil parrott's been a, a, a legislator up there yeah. for a while now um, and they also redrew those lines in that district. They got a, I think about a hundred and fifty thousand more Republican voters into that district. So Trone was facing from the get-go um, from being in a bad position. Trone's the, the boundaries of Trone's old district had a lot more Montgomery County in it. As we know, Montgomery County is a heavily Democratic area. Uh, they pushed that district into more Republican areas, and that was a big advantage for Parrott. Parrott actually got on TV uh, the last couple of days with a, a lot of uh ads most of them were not attack ads oh, yeah, they're
1: talking about his family his kids yeah and he's been a long you know resident here forever yada yada yeah, it, I, yeah. It,
2: it was probably a pretty good read of that district as well too uh because you know trone has been out there a lot really came in in the last 48 hours of that race started getting on tv um you know the, the redistricting in that area you know, Roscoe Bartlett was the Republican Congressman who represented that area for a very, very long time. The Democrats went in, redrew that race. They got some Democrats in there for a while, but that that district now looks a lot more like the district that Republican Congressman Roscoe Bartlett represented than the one fits that David fits Trump with won. the
1: historical Roscoe Bartlett yeah. knowledge. That's why, <laughs>
0: that's why we have him on Sarah. I know he does. There, know. I know. We, it's so great. Roscoe
1: Bartlett reference on this. We don't um, have, podcast.
2: we don't have, a, Yeah, we don't have enough Roscoe's in politics. Uh,
1: all right. Any, any last minute thoughts, uh, Sarah? Uh, I know, sorry, you know, we just jumped on the politics train today. No, no real other topics, but,
0: uh, uh, it's you know, fascinating. My,
1: you know, I, I obviously was, I, ne- my last prediction, I think Sarah last week was 21 or 23. Okay. Uh, it looks like more seven. Yeah. For, so I was off. I never bought into the 35 to 40, like the last several weeks, some Republicans were saying, uh, I said either 51, 49, 50, 50, which looks like that's right where it's going to be. Uh, the runoff mm-hmm. could decide it from Georgia. Um, uh, you know, four more weeks of ads in Georgia. I think mm-hmm. Warnock's the favorite down there because the you know the 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 independent is getting two point one percent. Question is, which way does that person go? And I also think without Kemp on the ticket, the R turnout might be lower. Um, especially if the R's have the house. Yes, they want the Senate but it may be hard to really energize because they weren't able to do it two years ago when the Senate really was in, in, Mm. in, in... now, obviously if the Dems get to 50 before Georgia, then I think Warnock probably wins and it ends up 51, 49 Dems. So I think that's kind of the landscape right now, Sarah, over the next uh, four weeks. So. All
0: right. Fitz, I know we probably have to let Fitz go. Okay. Yes.
2: Well, no, I'll I'll give you one thing to look for. Um, I think we're about to see a mini civil war in the House Democratic Caucus. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has made no secret that probably when she leaves the speakership, she's probably leaving Congress as well, too. Um, But, you know, there are other uh, octogenarians like Jim Clyburn, who's the Democratic um, majority whip right now. Steny Hoyer, uh, who is the House Democratic majority leader. There are, there's a new generation of Democratic members of Congress who believe that their time has come to take the reins of power. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the old guard tries to hang on. Uh, there's already been some word out of Steny Hoyer's camp that he is going to try to hang on. Um, but there, there may be a generational shift coming in the next couple of weeks that could get a little ugly in the Democratic Party and, and the there needs office.
1: to be both on the Republican yeah. side and on the uh, on the Democratic side I mean it's mm-hmm. time it's time for the uh, you know the 30 plus year career politicians um and and also the the Trump type to, it's time to move on you know you know it'll be interesting to see what Biden decides to do if he runs doesn't run uh sarah the presidential uh election starts today
0: oh my starts god today. well you ready I, I two mean... more years <laughs> yeah i'm ready sure it's fascinating to watch and and yeah, yeah. you know and sarah, it's great keep,
1: keep us keep us updated on that uh, la mayor all race it's, i know right i think it's a it's a big one right
0: it's a very big one it's going to say a lot about california that's for sure because yeah. um californians I, I gotta, Although I
1: think the uh, the prop did pass in California that's going to raise taxes on couples and or individuals that make more than $2 million to 16.5%, Sarah. Sarah, you're going to have to start paying
0: 16.5%
1: I when don't, you make $2 I, mil.
0: I, I It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I. My husband voted for that. I said, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know, we work so hard to get all the money out here. Honestly, it's on." Of- for it, a dream, and you're voting against us. I mean, how much more can un- they tax American. you?
1: That and, it's egregious. It's unAmerican. It's I'm
0: with you. It I'm with you. Sarah's work.
2: gonna sarah's going to be looking into the cayman islands now 100 i said my, free my husband, haven
0: my husband says well how are we going to pay for homelessness i'm like are you insane the 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 ta- the amount they tax us already they have By the plenty way, the, of the, money the money's
1: not even going to
0: homelessness. it's, it's going
1: a, to electric vehicles thank and charging you. stations
0: i cannot believe i californians are so smart why are you so dumb continuing to vote to tax us it's nuts At It's some crazy. Point,
1: at some point that is just a losing message nationally. And that's why Gavin Newsom I don't believe would ever win nationally. I just think I, there's too many progressive policies that he's put in place that would just
0: And you know of course the um even the gambling on the ballot. We didn't pass f- gambling on your phone which is crazy. It's yeah, just crazy you can do that almost nationwide. I mean, it's you could
1: smoke you could smoke weed on every corner in California but you can't place a bet, right? It, it's uh, just I mean, crazy. I, it's And again, national races are completely different than local races. But to me, if Gavin Newsom was running against DeSantis in Florida, I, don't and I know that's totally makes no sense. Conversely, if DeSantis, you know, it's very different to go from state to national. It's just very, very different. So, all Bye. right, Fitz, we'll let you go. I appreciate it.
0: Bye, Fitz. We're talking Bye. to you both. Come I... back,
2: Sarah. Oh, I will. <laughs> Come back east.
0: Bye oh, sir. not a chance. Not until I make 2 million. Then I'll yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye my guys. <laughs> See ya. Bye.